Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I trust you and your household. You're doing well and are blessed. Uh, we have been talking about the eight different methods through which we minister healing, or you can call it the eight different ways through which people are receiving healing. And those were, to give you a recap, we talked about uh, the first was believing the word of God and receiving. And the second was the prayer of agreement. The third was the laying on of hands. And the fourth was praying for one another, as in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16. Uh, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now we're going to continue with number five. But before I go into that, I want to share a testimony with you, a healing testimony as I've done uh, with every lesson. And this one is actually a story from uh, an experience I had from a church, uh, a Baptist church in the south of Sweden. And uh, the pastor used to be a Salvation Army officer, but he had retired. And the Baptists had asked him, called him out of retirement as an interim pastor. So he invited me to preach. And anyway, uh, what we decided was that I would do meetings Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Friday morning, Friday night, I would just teach, do a healing school. Saturday morning, Saturday night, we'd do a healing school. Sunday morning, continue teaching on healing. And then on Sunday night would be the main event. And then I'd really take time in preaching on healing. And so there was a group of young ladies uh, in their 20s. They were all friends. I think there were about five of them or six of them, something like that. Uh, they were coming to every meeting. They came Friday morning and uh, one of them was on a wheelchair. She had multiple sclerosis because of which she was completely paralyzed, couldn't move or stand. And anyway, so these girls came with their friend on this wheelchair. They were there on Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Now you've got to understand that I've been teaching them and uh, I just want to show you the, re the value of the teaching of the Word of God. Teaching is so important. I love preaching and that's great, but there is something about teaching because, uh, uh, you know, when you teach people, uh, faith comes into people's heart in a totally different way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and, and preaching is great, but, but teaching, if you want to really implant something into people's heart so it goes in deep, teach them the word. And that's why all of us, even if you're not in the fivefold ministry gifts, you're a lay person, you should be an able teacher of the word of God, being able to teach basic concepts to other people so that they can be built up in faith. The greatest gift that a good teacher has is to be able to teach in such a way that it actually imparts life and faith to the hearer. And so anyway, so I, I used to do that. At those days, I, I taught four years at the biggest Bible college in Europe, and I love, I love teaching. And so what I did, I taught Sunday, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. And these girls were in all the meetings, each and didn't mess, miss a session. Well, Sunday night, that's when, you know, I went straight into the Word of God and I finished and then I was going to pray for the sick. And I did the altar call as I was praying for the sick and people were getting healed because these people had been coming to every meeting uh, and, and they had been absorbing the Word and so now they were ready. 
If you want people to be healed, uh, you know, teach them the words, let them absorb the word and then they'll be ready. So then I'd never forget that I, I stood uh, in front of this girl on the wheelchair and I just prayed for her and told her to get up and walk and she just jumped out of that wheelchair. And I remember she stamped her feet a couple of times and then she took off running around the auditorium. It was a big, big church building and she ran around the place and the people were shouting. Next day, uh, the newspapers found out about it. It was a small town, so everybody was talking about it. It was, and they had their local newspaper. It came in the local newspaper. Then it came in a bigger newspaper, a lot of people talking about it. And not all the girls, but most of them ended up going to our Bible schools. And now, you know, they're married, they're chil they have children, they have families. But that's a, you know, a testimony of the value of teaching the Word of God. And so if you need to be healed, sit under the teaching of the Word of God. Listen, listen to some good anointed teachers who can really communicate the principles of the Word of God. And there's many of them around. There's many good anointed teachers of the Word. Anyway, so I wanted to share that with you, but let's go to the methods of uh, ministering healing. And number five is prayer cloths. Prayer cloths. Now, what is that? Is, let's show you from Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. It says, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. These were special, that means unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So God did special or unusual miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So what happened was that uh, these were pieces of cloth, uh, you can say cloths or handkerchiefs or aprons, you know, items of clothing that had been in contact with Paul's body. And it appears from the scripture that these things like cloth have actually the power, the ability to absorb the anointing of God, that pieces of cloth can actually carry the anointing. And this scripture is proof of that. And, uh, and so there were these, these handkerchiefs and cloths that had touched Paul's body. And then Paul, you know, he, I don't know whether he gave it to people or people, you know, asked them to uh, pray for these things or whatever it was, but they took these cloths to people who were sick and afflicted and they were healed and demon-possessed people were delivered. And when I first saw this in the scripture, I began to practice this, uh, especially when I was teaching at Bible school. I just began to pray for prayer cloths. And because many of my students would say, Pastor, please pray for my mother, my aunt, and, you know, somebody at home and you know, living hundreds of miles away and they wanted prayer, but they couldn't be there. So I would pray over a prayer cloth, prayer pieces of tissue. And we saw people healed. I remember one of my friends, his mother had breast cancer and she was healed. And another one of my students, her brother, uh, who had a television ministry, he had a, 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 an eye disease and he was losing his sight and it was incurable. I prayed over the cloth and, and she sent it to him. They put the handkerchief over his eyes and God restored his sight. And that was like, oh my goodness, I'm talking about like 30, 35 years ago. 
and he's still well. I ran into him a few months ago. The man is completely well, has perfect eyesight still today. We saw many, many, many such miracles. And then I told the story earlier of my, of this pastor friend of mine, whose aunt was totally mad in a mental hospital. And then, uh, they wouldn't allow prayer cloths, the staff there, you know, in Sweden, my goodness, they are very, very against uh, Christian things, uh, especially these hospitals and clinics and all that. So what we did is that we took in some bananas and chocolates for her because they, they knew about prayer cloths. These hospital people knew about prayer cloths. They wouldn't allow them through, but they took the bananas and the chocolates. And when my friend's aunt bit into that banana, I tell you that demons came out of her. She was set free. And we've seen that a lot. I mean, all over the world, seen a lot of people healed through prayer cloths. Even here at home, we keep a bunch of, uh, um, of, of like this handkerchief type, type prayer cloths. And people write to me from all over the world, Pastor Christopher, could you please send me a prayer cloth? And my wife and I, we lay hands on them and we send the prayer cloths by mail and people get healed. It is just another point of contact, like uh, laying on of hands is a point of contact. And uh, there's nothing, uh, how do you say, uh, magical about a piece of cloth. A piece of cloth is a piece of cloth. But when we pray about over it, it carries the anointing. And that's what makes it special. And it's, it's but it's a piece, it's a point of contact, like laying on of hands or, you know, Put in a piece of cloth, you know, that anointed piece of cloth, the handkerchief or whatever it is. It's a point of contact. And thank God that God uses these people. Uh, in fact, I told the story about uh, uh, somebody who came to one of my meetings here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Years ago, I was preaching in our church and somebody came, asked for this prayer cloth. And that prayer cloth that night, it literally began to uh, emanate heat. It was so hot. And whoever lay and touched that prayer cloth was healed. And we saw many, we heard reports of many people being healed through that. So it is something that God uses. And we put our faith that God will use the prayer cloth. Now you have to remember, it's not a relic like, you know, some churches have like bones of saints. And it's not like that. There's nothing magical about it. It's in the Bible. And that's why we threw pray over prayer cloths. And we put them in the mail and send them to uh, people who need them. So that's that's one. And now uh, the 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 next method uh, of prayer is uh, uh, for uh, you know of uh, communicating healing is the prayer of faith and anointing with oil. It's not just anointing with oil, but let's look at what James five verses fourteen and fifteen says. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So these two things go together. Anointing him with anointing the sick person with oil in the name of the Lord and praying for him. Then verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, this is interesting because it says that if anyone is sick, let him call for the elders or the leaders of the church the pastors and they will come and pray for him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and it says that the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up so it is not just the oil but it's the prayer of faith with which 
the, we, uh, that person is prayed over. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Now, what is the prayer of faith? Because I remember when I was a new believer, I saw people had on the, in the 70s, people who has to have this little plate on the wall uh, with two hands folded like this in prayer. And it said, prayer changes things. And I used to believe that until I found out that it's not prayer that changes things, it's faith that changes things. Faith is the motor that propels prayer. Prayer, there are unbelieving prayers that don't do anything. So it's not the prayer itself, but the faith that is in the prayer that changes things. So that is how it works. And so now let me tell you what the prayer of faith is. If you want to know, if you wonder what is the prayer of faith, because there are many kinds of faith. Uh, Many people, you know, when they pray for the sick, they pray like this. They say, Lord, if it be thy will, heal this person. Now that sounds great, but that's not a prayer of faith. What that is, is the prayer of consecration. Jesus prayed that prayer only once, and that was when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Remember when he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass me by. But nevertheless, not mine, but your will be done. Now, that's a prayer of consecration. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great prayer. And each one of us who are Christians, we have to pray that prayer of consecration on a regular basis and say, Lord, I lay down my life. Let not my will be done, but your will be done in my life. That is an important prayer. But that is not the prayer of faith for healing. Uh, You don't pray uh, that kind of prayer for healing because when you do that, what you're actually saying is this, that Lord, I don't know what your will is, but you do your thing anyway. I'm praying. Uh, And no, because the thing about faith is that faith begins when the will of God is already known. And let's look at the prayer of faith, okay? If you want to know what the prayer of faith is that heals the sick, as I said, it's the prayer of faith that heals the sick. It's in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. As you know, faith is confidence. Faith is assurance. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. So the first step to have this confidence, this this total utter assurance is that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So the one thing that assures us that our prayer actually makes it past the ceiling and makes it to the throne of God so that God actually hears our prayer is that we ask according to his will. That means that we have to know the will of God before we pray. If we do not know the will of God before we pray, our prayers don't make it past the ceiling. That's just the way it is. So this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask him anything according to his will, he hears us. So how do we know the will of God? Well, let me tell you how we don't know the will of God. We can never know the will of God through unanswered prayer. Uh, many people surmise, you know, they think that, that uh, you know, I'll throw a prayer up in the air. If it is answered, it was the will of God. If it is not answered, it was not the will of God. So people say, well, you know, it wasn't the will of God, so it didn't happen. That's not how you know the will of God. You never figure out the will of God through unanswered prayers. Because unanswered prayers can also be because of unbelief, can be because of a host of other reasons. 
But how do you know the will of God is by his word. His word reveals his will to us. So before we pray, we should know the will of God. And how do we know the will of God? Well, we go into the written word of God. We know that we, we study the Bible, see what the Bible says about this thing that we want from God. And once we have established that, we know that this is something that God has actually promised in his word. Then I can come to the throne of God and I can say, Father, this is how I say, I, I always quote the scripture. I said, Father, this is what your word says. And, uh, uh, you know, I've got this thing in my body, but your word says that my Lord Jesus bore my diseases with his stripes. We were healed and I have been healed by his stripes. And you said whatsoever I shall ask you in the name of Jesus, it shall be done. So I come to the Father with the scripture. So I'm praying the will of God. We must pray the will of God and say, Father, come to, then I ask you in the name of Jesus. And then afterwards, I, after I've said amen, I say, Father, I know that you have heard me because I have prayed according to your will. And because of that, I know that you have heard me. Praise God. Now that is the first big victory to have this assurance that our prayers have actually been registered in heaven. And we get that assurance by praying according to his word. Then it says the next step. And if we know that he has heard us, whatsoever we ask, then we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. So once I have this assurance that God has heard me, then I can be 100% sure that I have what I have asked him for. Even if I didn't, don't hold it in my hand right then, even if I don't feel it in my body right then, but that very assurance of faith that the father has heard me, gives me the guarantee that I have the money in the bank. I have it, it is mine, amen. Now, how can you have that kind of trust in God? Well, it's based on relationship. Faith is very, very relational. God's dealings, listen this, God's dealings with man are not transactional, but they are relational. By that I mean God doesn't say, you push this button, I will do that. You give me a hundred dollars, I'll give you a hundredfold, give you a thousand. No, it's relational because he's our father. And uh, let me give you an example. I, I know many people, you know, who come to me, oh, Brother Christopher, I'm going to send you a check and I'm going to support you. Never happens. But I've got one friend, I've known him, we go back over 30 years. And he said to me once years ago, he said, listen, brother, if you ever need anything, need quick cash for some project you have, uh, just call me. If I have it, it is yours. And I never take advantage of him, of his generosity. But there are times when I've called him and I say, hey, brother, I need $8,000 for this project in Africa. I've got, I'm calling these pastors together and feeding them. Can you help me? And he, he always says this. He says, I'll take care of it. Now, when he says that, for me, that's money in the bank because all these years I have known him, he has never promised me something and let me down. His word for me is as good as money in the bank and I trust him. So it's that relationship with my father. My father has never let me down. If he says it in his word for me, that's money in the bank and I have it. Even when I don't have it, I still have it. You understand where I'm, where I'm coming from. So that's why it says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if I know that he hears me, whatsoever I ask, then I know that I have 
I have, I already have that which I've asked him for. That is the prayer of faith. So the prayer of faith. So he says that the elders shall come to the person's house, anoint him with oil and pray the prayer of faith over him. And the prayer of him goes this, Father, we pray for our brother. We thank you in the name of Jesus that you've borne his diseases and carried his pains by his stripes. We, you, he has been healed. And you've said that we shall lay our hands upon the sick and he shall recover. So Father, we anoint our brother with oil. We lay our hands upon him and we thank you that you heal him right now in the name of Jesus. We Call it done because this is what you have promised and we receive it by faith and it is ours and we thank you and give you glory. That is the prayer of faith. And the Bible says that when you pray, pray the prayer of faith, people actually are healed. It is powerful, powerful. Then it's not like a, it might happen, it might not happen. When we pray the prayer of faith and anoint with oil, it's a powerful way of healing the sick. Amen. Praise God. Then the seventh method I want to highlight about healing the sick is Holy Communion. And the Bible tells us uh, that, you know, his blood was shed, his body was broken. His blood was shed for the remission of our sins and his body was broken uh, for our healing. And so that broken body was for our healing. And so we must take a hold of that because Communion is not just a symbol. It is not just a ritual. It is a powerful reality because Jesus didn't say, I give you bread and I give you wine, which is a ritual and a symbol. No, he says, take it. This is my body. Drink of this. This is, the, this is my blood of the new covenant. So when we take Holy Communion, when we receive the elements by faith, we are partaking of the body and the blood of Christ. Jesus paid a heavy price to make those elements available to us so that through 2000 years of history, Jesus reaches and touches and we partake of his body and we partake of his blood by faith. And we say, Lord Jesus, as I partake of your body, I thank you that this body was broken for my healing. And I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. I thank you, Lord, that your blood was shed for remission of my sins and my sins are forgiven. I thank you that my sins are washed away in your blood and I have the gift of eternal life. You know, beloved, these things are powerful. The prayer of faith, anointing with oil and holy communion. And lastly, last method people are healed are through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of healings, working of miracles, gift of faith. Now we're going to talk about the gifts of healings a few days from now. Sorry, the gifts of the Holy Spirit a few days from now. And we are going to go more into that. But the gifts of of this Holy Spirit are given to the body, are given to the believers to enable us to minister to people. They are precious gifts of God. And we don't own them. The Holy Spirit owns them, but he administers them through us. And it's very important that uh, to flow in the gifts, you know, because to flow in the gifts is actually hearing from God. And, uh, uh, you know, God flowing through us, God speaking to us, God gives us those divine words and impulses that lead us and guide us when we flow in the gifts of the Spirit. And the certain things, if you want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, is firstly, keep your mind clean. Have an uncluttered mind and do not violate your own conscience. The Bible talks about maintaining 
faith and a good conscience. The two go hand in hand because if your conscience isn't clean, it'll be very hard for you to exercise faith. So keep a good conscience with God. And if you fail, uh, you know, you're like me, you mess up often, well, be quick to repent. Be quick to repent very, don't wait, don't stick around until the next day. But right there and then, if you mess up, just apologize. If you have to apologize to God or apologize to a person, just say, I'm sorry, I ask your forgiveness and move on. So that way you maintain a clean conscience and don't, and don't violate your conscience. Don't willfully go into the territory of sin. Keep your mind clean, stay in the word of God, pray a lot in tongues and then the gifts of the spirit can flow through you and God will use you to touch many, many people. Well, praise God. These are the things I wanted to share with you uh, today and uh, we will share more tomorrow. And we're talking about uh, um, how to do the actual ministering to people. And then I'm going to start talking about ministering to the suffering tomorrow, which is important. So I'll talk, give you some basics then about ministering to the sick and uh, uh, how to, how to actually minister to sick, and then I will talk about ministering to the suffering and ministering to the suffering is people who have been sick uh, a long time, people who think they're uh, hopeless, there's no hope for them. What do you do with such people? What do you do with children who are severely handicapped? And uh, you know, what do you do? There, there are things we can do, and, we, and we're going to talk about those things. So we'll do that. But in the meanwhile, just stay in God's love. Let me, let's pray together. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the work you're doing in our lives these days, Father, through your work, through your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, for an impartation of faith and anointing of your Holy Spirit upon each life. Father, if there be sickness, and disease in their home. I curse those things in the name of Jesus, because Lord, you said you will bless our food and our water and turn every sickness away from us. Father, bless us, bless me and my family, my brothers and sisters and their families, and continue to keep your hand upon us and touching our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. And please do keep in touch. Write to me if there's any questions you have, you want prayer, any feedback please feel right, free to write to me. God bless you.